0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Basketball Head Live. I'm your host, Glenn Poole Harding. And tonight, we have a very special guest. This basketball head is a legend in two cities Savannah, Georgia, and New York City. He starred at Peabody High School in Eastman, Georgia, before moving on to attend Savannah State. We averaged an astonishing 28 points. 14 rebounds per game. He also was voted first team all-conference. After graduating in 1969, he played professionally in Spain from 1965 to 1967, before returning home to play in the ABA in 61, excuse me, in 67 to 71. That's 1967 to 1971. He finished his career at Hamden Bix of the Eastern League from 1971 to 73. When the game was over, as my sponsor Eric Hicks would say, he began to coach high school basketball from 1982 to 87 as freshman head coach and varsity assistant at Oyster Bay High School. Once his final season was done at Oyster Bay in 87, he began a legendary run at John F. Kennedy High School, where he racked up Third most winning head coach in the PSL history behind Ron DeClerio and the late, great Chuck Granby. This basketball head also will win two city championships, 14 Bronx Borough Championships, New York City Coach of the Year 2005, Bronx Coach of the Year five times. If you don't know who run the Bronx by now, now you know, with 15 players going Division One. He also coached in the Boston Shootout, the City Games, the Youth Games, and who can forget the wheelchair classic. This basketball head is so great that he made his legendary status in the Bronx, but he's in the Brooklyn Hall of Fame. Go figure. Without further ado, help you welcome to the show, New York City legend, John F. Kennedy, head coach. Johnny Mathis. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? ready? Yes. 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 You have you just now, now into, 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 the into the world, world of um, chaos. chaos. Where everybody, Where everybody goes, goes ha-ha. your tickets because the game about to start. Hey, coach. Thank you
1: very much. Thanks for the introduction.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Listen, I had to make it right because I know all the hard work that you put in, and I forgot some things because your resume is very long. So I try to make sure I got the most important things in there. And, man, I'm glad to have you on the show. So welcome.
1: I'm glad
0: to be here. Yes. Can you see me? You see me good? I'm good? I'm clear?
1: Yeah.
0: Good, good, good. So, Coach, I want to get right to it, because you get a lot of love in the city. And when I told people I was having you on, they was just blown. I'm talking about their minds were blown, from New York City to Boston. OK? I have a few guys out there that follow me in Boston. They was like, wow, I remember I'm coaching the Boston shootout. OK? And that and that, that that says a lot from people that's all the way in Boston remembering you on the sidelines doing your thing. So oh, salute that's to some you. Great
1: times in Boston. Yes,
0: yes, yes. So, Coach, I like to ask everyone when they come on the show who introduced you to the game? Well, I started
1: basically a long time ago myself in my hometown. Mm. We had like a. Uh, we didn't have in a gym. We had a dirt court. Right. So I started playing myself outside. And as I progressed and I came, I grew up by then a high school coach. And then as I came to New York, I met a lot of guys. And as I came... We're going to slow down,
0: Coach. Can you jump over a few things? Because I'm looking at a, a younger you at Savannah State. I'm saying... I know he was down there getting buckets. Okay. No,
1: I, I had a great career at Savannah State. I had a good career. I had. A, I played with a great team. I played with the Chicago Five, who was like down in two and twelve in four years. Wow. We uh, we won uh, the NAIA, went to Kansas City for three years. Uh, and then after they left. I was fortunate enough to be one of the first guards. I was a big guard at that time, about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six guard in uh, college. And that was mainly because of the disease who started. But when I was like 14, Rucker told me, he said, listen, guards going to be your size one day. So after that, I started to learn to dribble. So my last two years in college, I was able to play backcourt.
0: Wow. That's great. Look, I, I'm telling you, some you know how sometimes you can do the eye test, coach. You know, and it don't work all the time, right? Because I don't want everybody to think you can do the eye test and just look at somebody and tell you ball. But when I saw that that picture of your younger self, I said, man, I know he was down there giving people problems for sure. So, how was life for you as a youngster growing up as a man in Savannah, Georgia? Well,
1: it was. I, I had to go back. It was. It was. And it, it really, I grew up in Eastman, Georgia, and then. Oh, Eastman! To, okay, I, okay, okay, okay. I went to Peabody High School in Eastman.
0: Right.
1: They, in Eastman, it was uh, rough because see, we it was uh, doing the Jim Crow time. And mm. Jim Crow. We didn't have no gym at Peabody. We had. We, it was segregation at that time. So at Peabody, we had no gym. So all our game was played outside, and. Uh, only time I ever played an indoor gym game is when I either went to Fort Valley, or Gray, or Perry, or out of town. So throughout my high school career, all my game was played outdoors, and this, that was because of uh, Jim Crow during the segregation era. The blacks we had no we had no gym. It was were gyms in the uh, county, but we didn't have one.
0: That's Wow, you guys played all of your home games outside? Yeah, my whole high school career was outside at home. Wow. This is like for me, for a young guy like me, I grew up in New York City, you know, um, right after the whole Jim Crow era. So hearing that, it, it, it seems unfathomable. But I know you went through it and it made you a hell of a player and it got you, let you know, you know. Being a youngster, you saw that there were two Americans at that time. Hmm. Definitely. Wow. So, what, what would you say that you was? Uh, you picked up the game quick, or was you like a late bloomer? No, I, I
1: slowly picked it up. I slowly picked it up because I always would work hard, mm-hmm. and I also during this time in my home time, I built my own basket. So we had somewhere to play outside. We made our own park until I went to school. Then when, when I went to college, Savannah State. But in the meantime, in the summer, like in 58, 59, I came to New York for the first time. Mm. And when I came to New York, uh, like the 14 or 15-year-old division, before I went to high, I played in the in the Rucker. This one, the Rucker was on 127th Street, not 155th wow. Street. I played in the 14-year-old division there, my first year up here. And that made How was that experience? Life. How was that experience
0: for you? Hmm?
1: How was that experience for you? I was outstanding. Oh, Lord. could It made me definitely not come back to live in New York. I went back and told my mother I had to live in New York. I had to come back. So through her blessing, and she made sure I got back to New York, and I came back the following summer. And I've been back, coming back ever since.
0: So at that time, you come to New York City, who was the best player that you saw?
1: At that time, the biggest guy was like Connie. In in high school, it was Connie Hawkins. Connie Hawkins, and then the biggest name during that time, in the Rucker, was like, Satch was a huge name, Satch Sanders.
0: Satch Sanders, yes, yes. A lot
1: of guys at that time. You had Cleo Hill It was in the Rucker. You had uh, quite a few guys that were big names. Old timers Clinton Hill, Old timers that was in the Rucker. The czar. I don't know if you ever heard yes. of Czar Simmons. The yes. Czar Simmons. They were playing and either the guy was the older guys at that time that was playing in the Rucker.
0: But Connie wanted to use names. So Connie Hawkins was like the guy you looked up to. I looked up to all guys at that time because it was like new
1: to me. It was new. It was new. Because some of these are some of the guys I had saw in a magazine while I was in the South. And then I come to New York, then I see these guys. Well,
0: what, what was the difference in uh, the racial tensions from coming from Savannah to up to New York? What was the difference? What was you just Say that again. I can hear. What was the difference? What was the difference in you coming to New York and the racial uh, prejudices that was you faced in Savannah, then you come to New York. Were they the same or were oh, they different?
1: It was a whole different world. A different world up here. I mean, everything was was integration and I mean, you could go anywhere, go in a store. In my hometown, you couldn't go into restaurants. You had to go to the back. You had to, If you wanted the food, you had to go to the back of the restaurant. You had to go to the back of the bus. You had to go to the back of everything. So you couldn't
0: Go, it's the whole new world coming to New York. And I think this is good for youngsters to hear because, you know, having a legendary coach like that come from New York City, where well, you, you moved here, but you come from Savannah and you walked and you've seen that life. So now you're able to translate this into guys like myself and pass this down to younger generations because we're about to enter Black History Month Tomorrow. I never,
1: no, I definitely, okay. during my time at Kennedy, every year, I, I, I bring up Jim Crow and ask, my, and ask my players to write something about it so they can learn about it. Always, each year.
0: That's wow. definitely. Your walk of living testament, Coach. Oh. Definitely. So who was your toughest competition when you came up to New York? Because I know you was killing everybody down in Savannah, not now, knocking the guys down in Georgia. But who was some of your toughest competition that made you see you had was, to come back to New York? You no,
1: know, a lot of guys who play up here, so <laughs> a lot of guys. I mean, there's a lot of guys could play. Like, uh, at that time, it was a guy in the Bronx, Leroy Watson. Yes. A tough player. Because uh, I was friends with, like, Willie Cage and that was shared. Come up with these guys. Uh, from Their El Paso crew, we all come up playing together.
0: Uh, so, so that that crew that won the championship, you're talking about uh, the Texas El Paso uh crew that went down that was coached by Don Haskins? yeah, Willie Cage. and and that was shared. yes, yes, Willie, Willie Cage Williams. from uh, from DeWitt Clinton, yes,
1: yes, they were all in our, in, our, in our circle that we come up with playing together in the Bronx. Wow. We all come up together guys like Miles Dortch, who went to Hayes and we well, had Ernie Brown. We had quite a few mm-hmm. guys. And then after that, we made a, a different thing because we, we we all stayed together so long then when we played in the pro rocket, we had basically the same team. <laughs> a lot of the same guys uh, in the pro rocket then we had then we included then Tyne, we always had at Archibald. Who played with us? So we was come up playing with some tough guys.
0: And did y'all lose? You, with the guys you was playing with, did you guys lose?
1: Oh, no, it was tough, tough competition during that time. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think with sixty seven, sixty-eight, we we won, but then called Teddy Jones. I don't know if you ever heard of Teddy Jones. Teddy Jones had tough teams in the city. Uh, New York had tough teams because. Uh, Brooklyn had a tough team and then you had Jersey. See at that time you if you think about it at that time guys weren't playing jumping from team to team. Time right. guys stayed with their borough, stayed with their team. So oh no, it was a tough team. We had a very good team now. We had a good team. I think uh the one year that we had uh we had Nate Ball in the backcourt. At Austin Carr, mm. we had uh and then one year we had uh Dave Colin with us in the Rucker. we had uh Marvin Roberts on the field Marvin with Utah. Alabama. right We had some nice guys. I've been around some nice players during my time
0: man legendary, I'm telling you, so you get back to to Peabody. I know you destroyed because you coming back to New York and you're going back home with new skills, new moves. What was the recruiting process for you like when you got oh, back home? No, you see, yeah, I hit it on
1: the nail. I, I, I had to go back home and it, it was like incredible telling these stories. We would be sitting out in the street, out down out on the street, like or we were you no know, blocks block down on the street, and we would talk late, late. Yeah, we telling these stories and. Because see, most of these guys in the same magazine that we be dying down south and reading about, and I, right. I I have been with these guys, so that was the greatest thing for me. And wow! So especially when I first saw Connie, when I saw the Hawk, I thought it was outstanding. And saw Roger and these guys.
0: Roger I Brown the from Wingate, right? Christ Roger Church Brown from Wingate, Queens, just to see him play. You talking about Roger Brown from Wingate, correct? Yes.
1: But Roger was in the Roger was in ABA when I was in there.
0: Wow,
1: Roger Brown, yeah.
0: Hmm. So, what was the recruiting process like? Because you ended up at Savannah State. Who else was recruiting you? Uh, really, not really, nobody.
1: Not really, anybody recruited me. I I I'm sort of made myself and uh, got myself in school. I've been sort of, like, self-made throughout my career. I, uh, when I went in there, I made the team and were very successful at Savannah State. Uh, I didn't get drafted out of Savannah State, but I made myself drafted. I mean, I got myself in camp. I got myself with the Pistons and was able to go through. Two, I went through exhibition season with the Pistons. Now, thank you, but when they had the ABA tag with me, I would have stayed with them, but it was a great experience.
0: But Coach, I'm telling you, today, you haven't did 28 and 14, they would have been knocking at your door like, sir, uh, NBA doors this way.
1: Yeah, plus I, I, I think one thing, I'm not patting myself on the back, your own farm pond, but one thing I could do that they do now at my size 6'6", I could play two or three positions. See, I could I can shoot a three, but I could I could play two or three positions. Well, you... I, there was no
0: three pointers back then. What? But...
1: No, no, there no three pointers. Not where right, right. So it,
0: trust no. me, your, your game with a transition. Six five guard like myself, six six play guard. So I know that transition and how they play now would have been great for us. Especially yeah. a guy like yourself averages 28 14. I never averaged 14 rebounds ever. <laughs> okay. I
1: always, always with I always to play, play, play and had double stats. Most places I played, when I played in Easter League, I was always in top and most in most division in assists, rebound, and scoring. Wow. That's about my career.
0: So, was the transition hard for you from high school to college?
1: No. No, no. I just, because I love to play, and I used to play all the time. I used to just practice and work out all the time. I didn't put nothing else in front of me but a basketball, so that was it.
0: Hey, this <laughs> changed a lot Everybody. of my life. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So did you run into anybody in college who we probably know about or heard about but when you faced them, there was a totally different story because they had to go against you now.
1: Did I say that again? I can't hear you.
0: I said, who was the players that you played against in college, right? Because I know you, you went to HBCU. Were there other schools that you guys played against that were in your conference?
1: Yeah, we played against uh, we played against Xavier. I mean, uh, Southern. We played against Grambling. willis Reed was at Grambling. Uh, and we played against Southern. Mm. We beat both of them on a weekend during the, on a Christmas holiday in 1960. Wow. Which, when Willis was a freshman. That's how I got to know Willis.
0: We were in University
1: in 1960. Okay.
0: Right, right. I think, what is we with the, the Creighton, correct, or Grambling? He was a freshman that year. My freshman year, too. Got you. Got you. Got you. So how did you guys do while you was at Savannah?
1: My first two years, we had outstanding years because we always went to the NIA, the championship in Kansas City. These guys were very good. Most of them was out of Chicago. I was on a player that was there playing. And most of them was out of Chicago. One guy was out of Andrew Mills, Indiana. He would call the Chicago Five. He was outstanding. He was like, I think, 92 and 12 or something, or 92 and 14 in four years. So every wow. year we went, we went to the uh, championship in Kansas City each year. We had we had great championship years. We either beat like team like Florida M and those type of teams to go to uh the championship. Bethune, Kutman and those type of schools. So we had good years down there. And,
0: and then you wound up going overseas for a couple of years, correct?
1: Oh, yeah, I went to, I went to, and then I went to Spain. I went to Spain for two years. I went to Spain for
0: I two years. I thought that was very interesting because I had Kim Hampton up here from the WNBA. Kim Hampton from, uh-huh. from the, uh, New York Liberty. Right. I had her up here, and she played overseas for 14 years, and she picked up four or five different languages. I heard that you're fluent in Spanish.
1: I can speak a little Spanish. <laughs> I learned poco, but I uh, no. I had a good. I had a great time over there. I learned because well, it was a great situation to learn because my coach spoke only Spanish. Everybody in the town spoke Spanish, so one, one, two. I don't know if you ever heard of Bobby Williams, because I went over with Bobby uh-huh. Williams from Fourth Foundation. God bless you, Dad. Okay. Uh, I went over with Bobby Williams at the time. I went over with one, by about five or six guys in Europe at that time, uh uh, Senator Bradley was over in at and uh, I think it was Sementhal, and a guy named Ira Hodge was up in Barcelona. It wasn't about five or six guys over there at that time. So you was only one over of
0: five or six guys from America playing basketball overseas?
1: At that time. It wasn't a lot of guys over there at that time.
0: It wasn't
1: wow. was a lot of guys. And Bobby and myself was there, and uh, Bobby had been over the year before, and then Bobby brought me over with him. So I was there two years. I stayed until I saw the thing with the ABA.
0: And, 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 and you came back after the two years because you was interested about getting into the NBA, I guess, and going through the ABA first?
1: Going to the ABA. I saw the NBA, yes.
0: How was that experience? And what was the beef between the ABA and the NBA? Because you said you had that ABA tag on you. So the NBA right, didn't time, they they take you no seriously.
1: ABA players into the NBA. They had that war and they weren't taking any players at that time. And I think they hurt myself and a couple of other guys who I'm sorry. Who who, who, who had tried to make the, the jump. Because uh Butcher, Butch, I don't know if you know him, they had asked me to come back out to Detroit. Uh-huh. And they carried me from they carried me through to exhibition season. And uh, I had a pretty good ex had a great exhibition season. Cause I was out there, I know you might know, you know a couple of these guys, God Mr. Did Vaughn Hopper was out there with me. Vaughn and Jackie Wilson from Brooklyn.
0: Wow. These guys are legendary. It
1: was, it was out there. We were all out there together in camp. With the, and every time, Jimmy Walker and Dave Bing was out there.
0: Jimmy Walker, Jalen Rose, Dad. I've been hearing a, a lot of people mention him on here. Say he was a very good player, a lot standing player.
1: He had that sprint down pat. He definitely could sprint on you, roll on you, lay it up.
0: <laughs> Ooh, bad bad boy. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> What was the difference for you going from college and playing the pro basketball? Because you you was over in in Spain, and now you come back to America to play in the NBA. I
1: didn't have any trouble. I mean, I didn't make no trouble in terms of adjusting. It was just another basketball game to me. I just could always work so hard. I was ready for any way I had to go play.
0: I was ready for that adjustment. Coach, listen, I interview a lot of guys, and I always ask the transition question, because guys and, and females got to know, on each level, you got to kind of start over, right? So when I hear you talk about your transition, it was like, it was just, some, it was the basketball. I just moved to the next I know. level. Well,
1: I, well it could have been, because you always had so much experience. I had experience here in the city. Because we always played against older guys. You always was playing. Always so played against older time. I don't know if you ever heard of, at, at PS18. We used to have a run there back in the, in the 60s where they all the older guys, the pros, the guys like Hap Harrison, when they came home from the uh, NBA, just where they worked out, the Willie Halls, all these type of guys, all the time of guys. I mean, I had played against... Guys like will in the Rock, I think it's all kind of guys. So when I mean we go playing these different places, the adjustment really wasn't it wasn't difficult.
0: Yeah, that's 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 amazing. Guys go from and girls, you know, uh, one level to the next. You know, I was talking to Terrence Rincer and he was talking about his transition from high school being Mr. Basketball in New York State and then going to Texas and being the all-time leader scorer in Texas, and then going to the NBA, and he had a hard time adjusting because he had to start from the back and work his way up to the front, when right. he was just usually always up in the front. So hearing you, how you were able to transition, this is awesome to hear. No,
1: I, I, I mean, for some reason, I always had great, great situation. I mean, played, had great games, even in, uh. I recall my first I think it was the exhibition game I had against the Bullets down in some parts of Maryland. I had like six rebounds, six points, ten. I had a triple I had a triple six, six, or six or seven, something like that. So I had never had a problem really. I always just played. Filling up the stats sheet. I just learned to play. So I don't know, I just I don't know when nervous. Never was nervous.
0: So now that you're you're bringing your your pro career it's come to an end, and now you're making another transition in your life. From being a bowler to being a coach. What made you want to get into coaching?
1: <laughs> well, I was sitting one I think I I used to I used to sit and watch TV and, and be like a Monday morning like Monday morning football complaining and talking this and saying this. I decided, and I was sitting by the keyboard one night and I said, yeah, I'm gonna try and I think I could do just as well as everybody else and then I started to reach out and try to get into it, and then i restart, and uh a couple of guys tried to get jobs I couldn't get the job then I gotta restart to uh jerry Powell I'm not you know jerry Powell I reached out to him, and i uh he gave me a ninth-grade job and assistant to him at Oyster at Bank. And I started out there. But before that, I had started the Johnny Mathis All-Stars. I used to have four teams in which I was coaching four teams in the Brooklyn and Boise, yesterday, all the different tournaments. I'd be going from pillar to post all day long with four different teams, coaching them. So I actually started there, and then I went to a
0: high school. Well, that's, that's great training grounds right there, playing in the playgrounds. And I want to bring up something that you mentioned earlier as far as playing with the older guys. I don't know how many guys came on here and said the same thing. It was like a rite of passage to play with the older guys, and then you can see how your game translates. Right. So crazy. So crazy. So now you're at Oyster Bay. You make it happen. You fresh with with the freshman team and your assistant uh, to the varsity team. When did you decide to say, you know what? I need my own Allen. Well,
1: I uh, I, well, Archer Bay became available and I thought I could get Archer Bay and I, I didn't get it. They gave it to the JV coach. Uh, God bless the dear Tommy Coach Robinson. And at that time, I, I thought I should get my own own job. And uh, at the same time, I would offer the job at Queensborough Community College as mm. a an coach. And at the same time, the Kennedy job became available. So I had to make a decision. So I talked to some people and made a decision to take Kennedy than to, rather to go to the Queensborough uh, as an assistant coach.
0: Wow!
1: And I uh, went to Kennedy and for an interview, and uh, blessing that I got the job.
0: That job was made for you, Coach.
1: Well, you, see, you know, funny thing you, 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 you know—people know. say Kennedy's a good job. Before I got the job, as you see, oh, they got all kind of players up there. You see, this. And I think that through, through a blessing in God, he did you right. He put me right there, put me in the middle of it, which was great.
0: Most guys in your position probably took the college job because they probably been thinking, you know, about their that next job. Oh, I could go here and I could bounce springboard this to St. John's, then I'll go to St. John's and go to Kentucky, then I'll be at Duke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. I think like that.
1: Yeah, but, but you I made the right choice, Coach. Uh, I don't know. Many years ago, I had an opportunity to uh, offer the Division One job, but I didn't take it because I was still playing at that time. I was offered mm. a Division One job. At wow! The, at the University of Jacksonville, with a guy I don't know if you know, his son is a big commenta- uh, uh color commentator now, Bobby Gottlieb. It's okay. Yeah,
0: job. Jacksonville recruited me when I was in high when I was coming out of high school. Huh? I said Jacksonville was recruiting me when I was coming out of high school, and my father was born down there.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I was off the position there, and I I didn't I didn't take it. I really didn't take it. Yeah, because I still wanted to play. I was very young at that time. I was twenty some years old. I wanted to still play.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. You, you was just get hitting your prom right there. Yeah. So now you're at Kennedy. What what was some of the key things you did to build that program? What were some of the key things you did to build that program to where it's at now?
1: Well, but the key was, uh, like I said, I, always hard work Well, we used to, uh, we should take it, take them and work them year round almost started out working them year-round, and as, after we started working them year-round after the first year, they started to catch on what we wanted to do. And uh, I started having a little talent. We started to blossom there and uh, started to win because the first year, I, first year I was there, I was hard when we were like four and eight, 16 four and sixteen then the next year we we, want, we, we was like 13 and some and then we were seated 13 and by being seated 13 we almost came in we lost in the final four, final eight of the city that second year so it gave us that momentum that we had a, a little a legitimate chance to do something there. And uh, after that, we just continued to work. Just continued to work, and what we started to do—that I think that was great—we started to keep up with our players year-round. Ah, because what I see. used to do at one time—I used to at one time I would—I still had my team, and I would pick a team, a player from each team: the Bronx, or Mars, or Clinton. And then I caught on that I I need to take my own players. And I started taking my own players. And when I started taking my own players, that's when we start to become a powerhouse and start to win. Right.
0: Ah. Win. So the key was, well, one of the key was to work with your kids year round. Oh, yeah. And stop taking other players because we're looking at W during the summer. But then you got smarts so like, hold on, if I could build this, my team, the same way I'm building other players from other teams, we're gonna be really good. Yeah, but the key, everybody got caught on now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: everybody caught on. So, but now we—that's we, 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 right. We uh, we was good for for a while. We 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 was very good in terms of uh, keeping up with our players and and keeping up with them after they finish. we do a good job with that. And we do a good job. That we don't, we don't have nothing to give them while they're there. But we do, we do promise that they'll go to school, or we'll get them a school, or offer them a school. That's something we've done all our career there. That we would, we'll get you in school if you don't play a minute. You go to, we'll get you in school, and that's been our track record.
0: That's one of the best contracts. A high school player can ask for. If you don't even play a minute, wow. I'm gonna get you in school. You come to practice every day. Do what you need to do in the classroom. Always be prepared. We'll get you to school. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Not too many coaches can say that. And you got a lot of winning programs in New York City, and a lot of their players who sit on the bench or that last player is not going to college. If, if he is going to college, he's going to college on his own merit. But what they don't understand, see, what they
1: don't understand. I guess what I learned over the years, and and we all know this that once that air go out that ball, a lot of people don't call you, and don't know you. And see, that's what we bet on. That see, we see you. You can still look, we'll still know you when it's ten years after you graduate, and and know what you're doing, how you're doing, when your birthday, how you doing on your birthday, or how you doing with your family, and such and such so. And this,
0: know this is not no, street people. Yeah, this is yeah. why I, I, my sponsor game over. Right, he grew up in the Bronx, Eric Hicks. Okay, grew up in the Bronx, Co-op City, played at St. Bonaventure, but he knew one day the game was going to be over for him. So he created a basketball program. These are his trophies. That this is own trophies. OK. He made. So if you see these trophies given out, you know, black man made this from New York City. OK, that's great. Yeah, it's his own trophy. Got his basketballs. Got a gym called the Sty Dome, where they do a lot of programs out of there. So Sty Dome, 116th
1: Street?
0: No, the Sty Dome in Brooklyn. It's called the Sty Dome. That's oh, yeah, okay. I know, I
1: know,
0: I know. Yes, yeah. I know. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about some of the legendary places you coast at, all right? Like the Wheelchair Classic, like the youth games and city games. Let me tell you something. We, as youngsters, will look forward to these things. And knowing that, you know, we're going to get into it right now. Let's talk about the Wheelchair Classic first. Okay. You coast the Bronx team. Right. Correct? Yes, I did. What year did you coach?
1: Ooh.
0: If you remember. Cause I can pull it up. Hold what on. What
1: year was that?
0: Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. I can tell you right now. Uh let me see. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Think I have it. Um, 1989, 1993, 97, 98, 2003, 2005, 2007. Yeah, I coached a lot of years. Woo! So you coached some legendary players that came out of the Bronx in that wheelchair Classic. Yes. And I coached a lot of, I think, I. I think,
1: I coach just by every player that come out, stopping with Ron Attes.
0: Wow! I, I, I he was the first. That, so.
1: He was the first. No, I say he the last guy I coached of the name player, I think like. Oh, was he was the last. Oh, jeez! The last one because I I coached I coached Kenny I coached Kenny Anderson in the uh, shootout. I coach Stephon Marbury coach Stephon Marbury in the shootout. I coach I mean I coach Johnny Wallace. I mean I coach if you're there, you can just keep naming I coach a lot of them. Woo! In Hamilton, I coach hundreds of them.
0: Uh the real Charles Jones told me to tell you hello. Who's that? Charles Jones. Charles Jones just oh, okay. said to tell you hi. Okay. Yeah, I know. Yes. Yeah. Listen, Coach up. Haskins, Coach Ray Haskins, he's the godfather of our show. Okay? And he told me I needed to speak to you. He said, Glenn, you have to have Coach Mathis on the show. Then I spoke to Coach Julius Allen, and Julius Allen said the same thing.
1: Thank you. So you had God. two God. heavy God.
0: hitters God. that God. nominated they you. don't like me. <laughs> you are the uh, man. Ray, 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 Ray is
1: a tremendous guy. He's a tremendous coach.
0: Ray was a tremendous coach. Yes, yes. A tremendous coach. Yes, Coach coach keeps me in tune with uh, the guys that played in your era and beyond. He's my connect, right? Because on basketball, we talk about bridging the gap. And what I want to bridge the gap for the young guys, to bridge the gap to guys like yourself so they can know and never forget about Coach Johnny Mathis. Because I asked these guys and these females, who's the win this program in New York City? Who has the most city championship? Who sent the most players to the NBA? No one knows. That is DeWitt Clinton. It's like DeWitt Clinton got forgot about. <laughs> okay. You know, right. Kennedy, right? We, I, I'm from Lincoln. I played for Bobby Hartstein.
1: Bobby Hartstein.
0: Yes. I know Bobby. I, one day they'll be saying, you know, kids will forget about boys and girls, Kennedy, Jefferson, Lincoln, Malloy, you know, Saint Rays. We don't want that to happen.
1: Thanks.
0: Appreciate definitely. That. Yeah, So that's what we're gonna do. So, Coach. You have won Bronx Coach of the Year on several occasions, New York City Coach of the Year 2005. Any other goals you chasing before it's all said and done? Did you say that again? I said, is there anything else that you would like? Before it's all said and done, would you like people to remember you, remember about you?
1: Well, did I did. I tried my best. I tried my best and cared about care
0: about the youth. And you get a lot of people that, that would definitely agree with that as well. Okay. Let's have some fun, Coach. <laughs> Top five players from the Bronx, playground, high school, college, or pro. Top five. Top five players? Yes, from the Bronx. Of all time? Of all time. The, the ones that you think are the best, yes. did I've seen play in high school. Either way.
1: <laughs> well, OK, I'm okay, going to give you some help. I'm going to give you some help. You huh? gonna count this down. What all right, the question I start with the big man, I start with the forward is my son.
0: Your son? Huh? You said your son? My son is a forward. Woo! Okay, okay.
1: Alright. Then I start with a guy named Bashir Med that played for me. Uh Corey Thompson from uh went to Walton. I mm. uh, was outstanding player, and God, uh, oh, that's rough because I had, I had Dwight Hardy. That was a player.
0: And then now, I now you said your son J.C. is one of the top players in the Bronx ever. Yes. Yo, Jay, you didn't tell me that. You didn't tell me that, Jay. Yeah, I think, I think so. Okay, all right, all right.
1: Okay, uh, Nate Archibald, if you go high school, then you got to have Willie Worsley. Woo! See, I mean, it's so hard how you can't name him. Then it was a guy named, if you go way back, it was a guy named Doc Holliday.
0: Doc Holliday was somebody that was real. It, it wasn't the guy for the Western? The
1: holiday went to Morris. Woo! One eye. They could shoot the
0: basketball. Oh, He had one eye? Yeah, he could
1: shoot. Name Holiday. He
0: could shoot the basketball. Coach, coach, coach. I've never heard this before. You never heard of Holiday? No. The fact he that school. he was a great shooter, he only had one eye. I've never heard that before. Uh, who else? I'm trying to think. Coach. Coach, what's the toughest playground to play in the Bronx?
1: The toughest playground at one time was uh, uh, punch, uh, the 10 10 166th Street, Forest Playground.
0: Forest um, Playground. I heard about that.
1: Because that where the Big Ten gets to play. The Big Ten started out there. Between really? That, between there and 99, Schoolyard, and 166th Street with the Big Ten. They go way back. There, a lot of the old timers started there. They were real tough. Mm. Lefty to job. I need to get up to the Bronx
0: and visit some of their playgrounds. Uh, definitely. Yeah, I, like I Definitely. I need to go to the Bronx and visit some of their playgrounds. I've been to all other boroughs uh, besides Staten Island and the Bronx, and I need to go there soon when it, when it warms up.
1: Well, probably playground. I don't know. I don't know how temperature it is now, but it used to be. I don't know now. But well, They still have tournament's there, yeah, I think.
0: Okay. They named the park right,
1: Skinny Reed there. I don't know if you ever heard of Skinny Reed.
0: Who's that, Skinny Reed?
1: Well, he was a referee. He named the park after him there.
0: And yeah, that's a that's a
1: that. With no one.
0: Okay, okay, I'll, I'll ask coach definitely. Mm-hmm. Coach, last question: What are your thoughts on reclassing back? Hey, what? What are your thoughts on reclassing back?
1: Oh, I don't think too I don't think you should do that. I don't agree with that. I really don't agree with it. I really don't. I know guys, they, they most of them, I think, are confused anyway, but <laughs> they need to just work on the class and do their work and try to graduate and do the best. That's that's way. very true. And try to graduate. I think that's just what they need to do. If they're young, then do actually in the G League. So well, I'm going to
0: leave you with this, Coach, with saying that because I do agree that – the last number one ranked player in America who was an NBA All-Star happened in 2005. So I tell kids, if you be classing so you can get a ranking or you be classing for selfish reasons, you should be focused on working hard and being a good student and everything can take care of itself. Right. Yeah, well coach, we come to the end of the show. I want to say thank you. It's been a pleasure to have a sit down and have a conversation with you. Is there anyone that you would like to nominate to be on the show? Willie Worsley. If we, you got contacts with them, you can make it, If you make it happen. We're going to have a ball. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to do that. I appreciate that, Coach. Okay, now. Yeah. So, and we want to schedule and get J.C. on, too, because he he, he forgot to tell me some things. I'm glad you blew him up. J.C., okay. Huh? I I think he'll make a great guess. Yeah, so so you got two. So we're going to do Willie Wilson, and then we're going to do JC. Okay. All
1: right? All
0: right. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I
1: I had a great time.
0: Yes, and listen, I usually have my artist here. Let me show you. Right? Uh Uh-huh. I have an artist on the show, but he just received his Masters, and he's still out celebrating. So he will have your picture tomorrow. So if you come in tomorrow after we, if you want to watch the Charlie Scott interview, because I have Charlie Scott on tomorrow. Tell Charlie, that's your hello. Yes, I definitely will. And we'll have your your, your picture tomorrow as well.
1: Okay. Thank you very so much. So tell okay.
0: JC to tune in. Okay. Thank you, and God bless.
1: All right?
0: Bless. God bless you too, Coach. Thank okay. you. Wow. You talking about history. And tomorrow's Black History Month. This is crazy. More history tomorrow. We got New York City Legend, North Carolina Great, and NBA veteran. Charlie Scott. I don't think y'all heard me. Charlie Scott will be in the building tomorrow, 8 o'clock. Make sure you tuned in. Salute to Coach Mathis. Thank you for everything you've done for New York City. And we are Basketball Heads Live. Want to shout out, game over, our sponsor, and let you know we are Basketball Heads Live, the official home for New York City basketball. Peace.